So Levi, I would like to start with the very simple homework assignment that you had from our last episode that you did not complete. Yeah. And I would like to invite you here to the front of the class to explain mm -hmm. to everyone, to everyone, why you are so feckless and stumbling about the world with no purpose or plan and, I can be and, and why you've man. done this to us. Well, I could be a fickle man. I also thought we would get together and watch it. And so I was sort of waiting on that. So that see how I pass the, the guilt ball yeah. to you there. But you know I have reservations about the film we were gonna do. That's that's what was made that's what was gonna make it so enjoyable I know. for me. All you had to do was say, your discomfort. I know. All you had to do was that's say, healthy. We're watching it together. But I didn't realize See, I had to watch it alone. And now that was going to be a problem. Because if I was going to watch it, I was going to watch it with you. This is like... And you wanted to see my reaction, remember? This, this relation... This is like my marriage, Levi. Because some No, nights, don't say that. Because, you know... You have a wonderful marriage. Some days... No, I do. No, I do. I love my wife. But, I'm, but I, we have this... You know, some days in the morning, we're both like, okay, tonight's the night. Yeah. Because it's been a while, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it, and then it's like <laughs> and then it's like we agree that it's gonna happen. But then you know what the day happens. Mm -hmm. Like the kids happen. Somebody falls out of a tree. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Long day at work. And you know, the night comes and goes. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up the next morning and somebody says, I thought we were gonna, you know, last night. And the other person says, Well, you fell asleep. No, you fell asleep. But anyway, yeah. what I'm trying to say is that as in that case, mm -hmm. this is this is clearly not my fault. It's it's your fault. That's true. But you did get a win here. Just you just totally you totally dropped. I'll take it. I'll take the blame. It's easier to take the blame sometimes than to continue to argue. But you did get a win here. You have a win. Don't, I gave you that. Don't try to pacify me. No, don't patronize no, no. me. <laughs> the audience will know. They should know. We picked a film from the eighties. And as you folks will remember, a couple of episodes ago, I swore off the 80s for the podcast for the time being, because we did a, a lot of them. But I do want to thank everyone who has emailed me and messaged me, mocking that decision of yours and agreeing with my position. We, we have... That was very validating. We do That's have... been a, very validating. We've had a lot of requests to continue the 80s films, but I held off. But I said to myself, if I was going to do one 80s film, what would it be? And then you just went ahead and suggested it anyway. And that film, of course, is Reanimator from smack dab in the middle of the 80s, 1985. Excuse me. I believe the title is H.P. Lovecraft's. Oh, it is. A it Technically, it's H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. Mm -hmm. That's a good, good call, Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm trying to help. Yeah. Of course, this will be hitting the Lovecraft bell a lot today, ding, 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 because this is based on a short story by Howard himself. But I want to I want to bring up something real quick. I was re-listening to the story, and he's got... The, the dude writes like a metal song. Like, it's... I want to read something to you from, from... Will you do it in a death metal voice? Yeah, I can't. I think I can actually. Are you got you guys want to hear me do it in a death metal voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I was talking to the goblins in the back corner. So many opinions. God damn it! I like to read it the way the narrator reads it because it's so good. Well, well you can do. You know. Well, give it to us however you yeah, want to give yeah, it yeah. to us, and then we'll judge. 
not more unutterable, could have been the chaos of hellish sound if the pit itself had opened to release the agony of the damned. For in one inconceivable concophony was centered all the supernal terror and unnatural despair of animate nature. That's pretty that's good. pretty sick. Yeah. But that's Lovecraft. But then he'll go on in a couple of pages and, and write some racist shit. So there's that in there. I, I There's some, you know, trigger warning if you're going to read or listen to this Lovecraft story in particular. There is some, some racist but shit. But not in the in movie. But not in the movie. No. No, no, no. Um, not in the movie. No, 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 no. The movie. And the movie bears. The movie has its own fucking problems. <laughs> First of all, this is a perfect film. And I'll, I'll throw hands over that state. It's my favorite a Lovecraft adaption, for sure. Easily. Easily. I do like The Color Out of Space, the one released a couple of years ago with Nick Cage, though. That was a really good one. Well, but with this, the the story, even though even though the movie says it's based on a H.P. Lovecraft story, right. I mean... It's there, very loose. There's the title, mm -hmm. and there's the idea of bringing people back from the dead. There's certain names, and then yeah. and there yeah, and there's certain locations that are mentioned that are strictly Lovecraft. But plot wise, plot wise, it take if it's going to take anything, it takes from the first half uh, Herbert West reanimator the story. They don't go at all into the second half of the short story. But I'll explain why here here at the end. Oh, we know you will. Yeah, I know you will. But of course, okay, so this film was directed by a guy named Stuart Gordon, who we've covered a film. Dagon! He did Dagon. He also did From Beyond, The Year After This, another Lovecraft. Both of those are Lovecraft adaptions. And then he did Castle Freak, which a lot of, I have never seen. Great title. I haven't seen it either. But uh, people tell me it is Lovecraftian. So I'm go home and watch that tonight. Might watch. Hey, it's the best month to do that. If you're not watching a horror movie every night, what the hell are you doing? this month but it it gets a little tiresome to try to watch a horror movie every night but if this is the month to do it it's spooky season it's also this film's also starring the jeffrey combs as herbert west he's fucking awesome he's awesome in everything this was his first starring role and i would say it kick-started his career he was in star trek he plays random characters all throughout the Star Trek saga of TV shows. Um, he's also in like Herbert, almost all Herbert West, almost all the sequels. And he, he like exclusively does horror. It feels like, but well, a lot of science fiction, a lot of, a lot of science fiction, a lot of horror stuff. He's half of a great dynamic duo in this movie because in our two main characters here, we've got Dan who's not mentioned in the book. The he's the narrator. But he doesn't mention his name. So Dan is a who's a very he's a handsome made up name, hardworking, straight laced medical student. He's got everything going for him. Played got, by uh, Bruce Abbott. He's got a beautiful girlfriend, fiance, who just happens to be the daughter of the dean of medicine at his medical school. Played by Barbara Crampton. So th there's our there's our our straight guy, right? Mm -hmm. There's now. our there's our 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 group. Are three people that we follow in this film, but he's our—he's the straight guy in this dynamic duo, and then we bring in the wild card, Herbert, Herbert West. Yeah, yeah, he's—it's—it's it's great because he's not anything. He doesn't look anything like he's described in the book. In the book, he's—he's he's described very. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, sorry. What's the um Well I love oddball pairs and sorry, sorry. Hold on. We'll we'll have to edit this. <laughs> edit. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't. I have to get this word right. Sorry. He looks. Oh, he looks very. Levi in his goddamn process. Oh, oh. So you want us to sound like rookies? Okay. He looks very Aryan in the book, or in the short story. Of course he does. Because that, that was the word you were digging for. Yeah, I couldn't. Well, you put. You had it in your racist drawer. And you well, don't open that drawer. <laughs> well, I that could, one drawer words almost never opens. Well, yeah, I can't really. I Except don't ever when open. you've been drinking. No, I mean, I, let's be. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not drinking. Um, he's Aryan looking in the book. Of course he is because Lovecraft had fucking issues. But yeah, in this, I think he Jeffrey has, Combs is great, but it would be harder to find somebody yeah. who looked less Aryan than well, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, yeah. He's dark hair, dark eyes, spooky, odd. Intense creepy. kind of yeah. Gaze. He's capital A acts, and it works perfectly for the movie. He's really good. He's the best part of the film, I think, easily. And he he went on to do some sequels, and he's very famous for the role. But and Barbara Crampton, the actress, she was recently in the 2015 film We Are Still Here. She was also in From Beyond, the next film directed by Stuart Gordon. And she was also in 2011's You're Next, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen that either. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic in this. Yeah, she's really... She's so great. Yeah. She's that sort of bubbly... She plays a very stereotypical 80s blonde, but she plays... She doesn't play it as a victim until, well, (laughs) until the shit storm happens, which is really terrible. Sure, I mean, it's... You know, worst the, part of the film. At but. least at the beginning, it's a fairly typical character, very stereotypical character. But she gives it a real, I don't know. She brings it to life in a way that I think a lot of people wouldn't have. Yeah, she's really good in the film. I'm not explaining that very well. Well, I know what you mean. Herbert West. And who else, honestly, could have played the end? I mean, because it's all on the actress at the end. You know, you got to sell that scene. It didn't bother her. And in fact, the 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 first actress who was cast, her mother read the script and said, oh, God, you're not doing this. <laughs> Absolutely not. But here comes Barbara Crampton, and she's like, fuck yeah, I'm doing it. I'm that. just saying, I got a lot of, you know, admiration for an actress who would read this script and and, and not red flag anything. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, no. all right, boys, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. That's grit, Levi. That's that what made America gr- great. Well, that's, that's what we need more of. That's getting a paycheck, too. So let's not, she was paid, you know. Well, those things usually go together, at least in my experience. Reanimator was originally published in June of 1922 in the amateur publication Homebrew, later serialized in Weird Tales. So when you read this story, the first like couple of paragraphs of each section, there's like four or five parts, recap kind of what happened in the last section. He was getting so paid by the word. It gets kind of annoying, but it's... You know, it's fine. Had that when you're getting paid by the word. That's right. It's the first story to mention Lovecraft's fictional Miskatonic University, which is the university that's mentioned in the film as well. According to his letters, which, you know, he wrote 10,000 over his lifetime, HPL wrote the story as a parody of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, even including numerous references, including hinting at the poetry of Samuel Taylor Coleridge, as Shelley did. There you go, poetry, Bill. Nobody wants to ring that bell. Um, Mission poetry. Right. But yeah. 99.9% of the people, in the, at least the sane ones, are just like, fuck, you know, what are you talking about? Stuart Gordon and Dennis, I hope I'm saying this right, Paoli, I don't know, P-A-O-L-I, they, they both wrote the film, originally intended it to be faithful to HPL's story, but the film ultimately has little in common with the source material. <laughs> well... If that was really their intention starting out, they went... I mean, I love what they made, but they went far afield. Yeah, they They went far afield. They really... I think it was... 
There's no way that I know a sober has... person came up with the last 30 minutes of this movie. No. That, it's just no so way. wild. The last 30 minutes of this film is, is kind of like... It, it's it's a mixture of gross, gross out, like icky, awkward, but it's in a fun way. It's not as bad as like say Dead Alive and parts of like Evil Dead too, but it it does get really uncomfortable. Like let's say your parents are in the room while you're watching it, or your your it's your girlfriend and and it's y'all's first date. Like I this, probably first wouldn't. First of all, you, you guys need to stop listening to Levi. This is a perfect first date movie. Okay, I, I don't think so Look, at this, all. No, but this is a perfect character test for any sort of relationship. You know, you meet somebody, you sit down, you have a coffee, you watch this movie with them, and if they're giggling mm-hmm. throughout the last half an hour, well, then you're solid. Proceed, you know, with the relationship. Yeah, I don't know. If they're getting all huffy. No. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know. No. I mean, you could be right. I mean, it's. I like the film because of its like buddy cop feel where they're running around. This was digging the, up graves. This is the inspiration for Riggs and Murtaugh, mm-hmm. Dan yeah. and Herbert. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's got to be. Wait, did Lisa because Dan is Dan is obviously Murtaugh. Yeah, and Herbert, Herbert, Herbert West. He's Riggs. He's definitely Riggs. He's crazy. Yeah, He's running a around, little unhinged, glowing green ooze, reanimating dead bodies. Mm-hmm. They use low stick formula for that glowing green ooze. Which is really cool. The ooze is iconic, and it's yes. very green, very green. It's not. I don't. I don't think. What did they make that with? Do you know? Yeah, a glow stick. Bionic, bionic, bionic. Actual glow stick juice or whatever the hell the liquid that's in glow sticks. Is that safe to put on people? Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they cared. This, ah, this is 80s. one of those. What's a carcinogen? Fun mo- film sets. They shot it in. They shot it in eighteen days. Which is crazy. That I, that that seems nuts to me. But they they didn't really have too many locations. Again, I love the scenes where they're like, or the idea where that they're going out after at three o'clock in the morning, as Lovecraft says, the small hours of twilight, and digging up corpses to try to reanimate into life. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. if you if you had to assign only one cast member, yeah, as you know most. Most iconic performance or most oh, memorable God. performance. Yeah. Who would it be? It's Jeffrey Combs. See, I understand why you'd say that, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah, how is that wrong? I feel like well, you've you've just got to consider the creepy doctor. I mean, yeah, Doctor Hill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's his name in the book, but yeah, he's that actor's name is David Gale, and it is. I mean. His wife left him after seeing the film. Are you so, sure? No, I'm You sure, told me I'm, that earlier. Are you sure that's true? It's on the documentary. And yeah, <laughs> Stuart Gordon confirms that she stood up after watching the scene. The scene. The scene. And said, David, how could you? And left. <laughs> Stuart Gordon confirms that. See, what did I say about this movie being a test of relationships? Yeah. I mean... What you're did not, I say? You're not fucking wrong. He, that, you know what? He was good to be rid of her. Yeah, I because mean, he's fantastic in this. He's the. I, I'm just saying, if it's not Jeffrey Combs mm-hmm. for most iconic performance, yeah, 
then it's got to be the guy who plays Dr. Hill. Yeah, it's not Bruce Abbott. He didn't get a lot of work after and this, I think, other than Reanimator Project. And, and I think you gotta you got to also give him credit, because he's obviously s- such a straight-laced guy, yeah. and his performance requires him to do <laughs> yeah. things... Yeah, I mean not. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. So another another little tidbit on on pretend da- to do things on David Gale. Jeffrey Combs recalls having to feed David Gale cigarettes during the scene where Hill's head is on the tray because <laughs> Gale was in that position for like five or six As a hours. Head, yeah, 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 that's hilarious. Poor guy didn't realize he was going to get a divorce from this. I don't know if he would have done it. That's just ridiculous. I don't know if it's he not. Done. It wasn't. You know, he didn't actually do anything. Yeah, he was pretending. He was pretending. Some of the other differences in this than the than in the story is, of course, Dan is unnamed. Barbara Crampton's character isn't even in the the story because Lovecraft couldn't write a woman well, in yeah, any of his he stories. He couldn't conceive of a, a female consciousness. Right. It, this story actually is one of the major like cornerstones of the debate that Lovecraft was actually gay because he, you know, he talks a lot about Herbert West's like subtle lips and skin tone. And of course, this is a buddy cop story. And Herbert could be gay. There is, I mean, we no, don't know. Well, that's true. And there, there's nothing like I'm not Doesn't saying, matter either way. I'm not saying shame on Lovecraft for this, but it, it's a good argument because there, there, he never wrote a woman in his stories. You know, we've talked about how he, you know, his marriage lasted all of maybe yeah, two he, years. Yeah, he was the original incel. Yeah, he was ter- He was a terrible. Yeah, husband. And mainly married Sonia for a status. But, uh, and because he didn't want to get a job. <laughs> and he, did, he wanted her money, yeah. The opening shot borrows heavily from two Hitchcock films. The camera work itself is an homage to Vertigo, this according to the director. And the score was pulled heavily from Psycho. I have the score. Hold the on. music is amazing. The music is amazing. They did a vinyl release of this soundtrack, the score to it, back, and I, I missed it. It's terrific. Yeah, it is amazing. So, yeah, that it's, it's the perfect kind of zany. You get what yeah. this movie's going to be when you hear that. And it's not, again, it, there's not a lot of like crazy scares in it. It's not going to make you feel dreadful. I don't think it does. I think it's a fun, like perfect October watch. I really do. No, I obviously agree. But yeah. I would say if somebody, if, if it's someone who doesn't typically or hasn't seen a lot of horror movies, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it's harder for them to immediately see the tongue in cheek nature of it. Yeah, that's true. Although well, it is, I mean, it's fairly over the top in that way. It's pretty obvious that it's not. You know, you have permission to laugh. David Bowie loves this film, so he is quoted in saying in 1991, saying this is his favorite film. Anyway, which is really cool. Well, he, I mean, he, look, he was a genius, but he was he was pretty strange, too. He was a strange... He was a mime. He studied, like, mime... He went to, like, mime school. We can't all be perfect. Stuart Gordon originally wanted to shoot the film in black and white and on a 16-millimeter... Fi- on 16-millimeter millimeter film to give it a gritty feel. Directors have terrible ideas. Well, I think that would have... Felt too much like Night of the Living just, Dead. Just go down the shot list. Mm-hmm. Just don't go, be creative. Yeah, <laughs> just go down. The time to be creative was when you were writing the fucking script. Let's not. Yeah, <laughs> let's not go all all tour on us. Well, just, originally they didn't, and I'm glad they didn't because the color in this film is really cool. It is. I, you wouldn't have that green. I know that this this 
that syringe full of reanimation goo would mean nothing if it was in black and white. It's so good. And this this right here might be why the film is so different from the source material. A producer, one of the producers sold it as, uh, quote, the shock of Evil Dead meets the production value of The Howling. Hopefully. <laughs> End quote. That's not bad. The shock yeah. of Evil Dead, the production yeah. value of The Howling. Because it does kind of have that it's got, Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah they, it's got that kind of, again. I don't know if it's just a camera word. That drunk circus performer energy. Yeah. I, I don't but know. If, like a really good circus performer. performer yeah. But also very drunk. Very. Mm-hmm. Josh Nolan worked on, or Nolan, worked on the film's gruesome makeup effects using what he described as disgusting shots brought out from the Cook County morgue of all kinds of different lividities and different corpses. He and Stuart Gordon also used the book of forensic pathology in order to present how a corpse looks when the blood settles on the body, creating a variety of odd skin tones. So the the reanimated corpses here are basically zombies. Mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly, but in effect, right? Yeah, in, in the short story, they're not. Because, you know, no one had really... You coined the term zombie right. in 1922, the way we think of it. And so in the book, they're just like evil. They've seen what the end looks like or what the afterlife life looks like. And they go and, and they, they're insane. And, but yeah, their skin tone is like all pale and gruesome and they're like leaking, you know, fluids. They're drippy. Yeah. They're like a toddler. Yeah. They're just covered in goo. Gross. Yeah. And I like that part of the, the short story, you know. But in this film, they go full fucking zombie mode. You know, there is... Never go full zombie. They do decapitate the dean of students at Miskatonic University, not Dr. Hill in the short story. So that part's still there, even though it feels a little over the top. There is no going down on someone with a decapitated head in the short story. And I think the story's lesser for it. Oh, of course you do. The first cut of the film was two and a half hours long. Why didn't we get that one? Is that one available? I don't know. I'm sure it is. I want to watch it this probably movie for two and a half hours. It probably is now. They they cut it down to an hour and twenty seven minutes, so we missed a lot. Dang. They. I mean, I want to see that now too because I wonder what they included. If they only if they were only doing the first half of Lovecraft's story, they had to have. Like, I don't know. They had to create a bunch of different scenarios. If that footage still exists. Hours. It would be great if they would throw it on a Blu-ray or something. And Man, I should have looked that up. But Because this movie has a cult standing. They, I'm sure they'd make back the money. Yeah. Oh, God. They would now. But I. <clears throat> let's see. It's been. Do the, let's do the math here. It's been 37, 37 years since this film came, re, was released. That can't be true. No, it has to be, because the film's older than I am, Jonathan. If, that, if, that, if that's true, then I'm old. Yeah, you are. I like this story. This, this, this is a good little story. The idea to make the film came from, from a discussion that Stuart Gordon had with his friends one night about vampire films. They were talking about how there's like too many Dracula films and not enough Frankenstein films. And so a friend asked if, if, he, if Stuart had ever read Lovecraft's Reanimator and Gordon said that he read most of the author's work, but not that one. And that one was out of publication at the time. Right. So he had to go to the Chicago Public Library to read their copy and immediately fell in love with the story. I thought that was cool. Back then, before the internet, you had to track shit down. Oh, my God. Do you remember card you catalogs? To, you had to play detective. I missed that. 
uh, I got to do that for a little while, but not, not, I mean, not, not very long. By the time I got to college, it was all internet. It, but we, they still yeah. use the Dewey Decimal, you know. No, I was still using card catalogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. You know, back in the stone tablet era. You want to guess who Dr. Hill was written for? Oh, because it was not our beloved David Gale. Well, they lucked out by the other guy not taking it because David Gale's fantastic, but mm-hmm. who can I guess? Who can I guess? Is it someone who's been in Stuart Gordon's other movies? No, it. but we have a recurring theme here where we talk about actors who shoulda, coulda, woulda played certain roles, and there's a connection there. You got to tell me. It's Christopher Lee. So we have a recurring theme of Hammer, Hammer film giants being asked to play all kinds of horror roles in the 80s and turning them down. Well, Christopher Lee, of course, would be great in anything. Mm-hmm. And I can... Now that you say it, I can completely like hear his voice saying some of these lines. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can see it because I had recently watched And that same kind of officious, mm-hmm. you know, tone. Oh yeah. And you watch some of his hammer films and it you can imagine him in this role and it would be perfect. But I, I don't think he would do the severed head thing, but that's not true. I, I I saw someone performing oral sex on him in To the Devil a Daughter the other night. So <laughs> listen, but there's there's something about David, the Gail does such a fantastic job, and yet he's clearly uncomfortable. I th- I don't feel that way, and I think that's I don't know. why I think, I think that's can... why his life was like how good you <laughs> you know like, he was too enthusiastic. Yeah, he didn't look reluctant enough. Fucking loved it. I don't yeah. know. I get the sense, even though even though his performance is fine, I just get the sense that like he's dying inside. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm reading into that after knowing a little about the movie, but maybe. But the you know they go into this in the film and this is like the the best part of the book is there's the ass mag more passion (laughs) it's so terrible they go into how it's kind of like that Franken Doctor Frankenstein thing and of course this this story mirrors Frankenstein in certain ways where the character just has snapped and has become so obsessive with what they're trying to accomplish that they'll they lose all sense of morality. Yep. And Herbert West does that in the in the book where he realizes, you know, it's sort of like Frankenstein he needs like fresh cadavers to try to do this. So fresh that he starts murdering people to just to reanimate their bodies, you know. He solves that problem in the movie by yeah. just working at a medical school. Right. Well, right. And but he gets being kicked out. School. Yeah. yeah, he gets kicked out, but he still uses the facilities. Thanks and, to thanks to his buddy Dan. Yeah, Murtaugh lets him back in. Yeah, and that that sort of happened in the book. They they find a farmhouse, and I, that's I like that they use a farmhouse as their little, and you know the the screams and the wails that the that the folks heard out on the the farm farmlands that night. You know, it's really interesting. You can't really do that in a movie so much. Yeah, well, you could. It'd be a little more like the Moors. From American Werewolf in London. You should start working on that script. Well, you know. Truer adaptation. A truer adaptation. When Jeffrey Combs first auditioned for the role, he had no idea who HPL was. And now he's known for doing horror roles of the Lovecraftian type exclusively, which we sort of discussed earlier. <coughs> I wonder if he's a fan, though. Or Little he just did knows he that know he can get it, would, roles. it would claim his entire career. Yeah. The Talking Heads poster was intended as foreshadowing. 
There's a Talking Heads poster in, in their dorm room. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I noticed it because it is the Stop Making Sense live concert poster, which is like an iconic live concert. And so I noticed it, but I never put the two together that that's what it was. What do you think is the funniest moment in this movie? It's got a lot of them, but if oh, you had I like to pick the one. the Rufus, the dead cat. I don't know why. I he freaks out when he finds out that Lovecraft took his girlfriend's cat, or not Lovecraft, that Herbert West, Her, West Herbert West took his girlfriend's cat and tried to reanimate, killed it, to try to reanimate. <laughs> there's just there's so many moments, man. Like where it feels like a buddy cop movie. It's like this but when the cat, when the zombie cat finally stops jumping around, yeah. Dan is standing there just horrified, and then Herbert starts to giggle. Yeah, oh yeah, it's so good. Oh man, that's my favorite scene. It it feels, God, it feels like Animal House and and, and all these other 80s films. That's pretty films. funny. Yeah, it's got, it's really good, man. And then an actual dead cat was used for the scene with Rufus in the fridge. That's trigger warning, by the way. An actual dead yeah. cat? Not that they they couldn't afford to fucking make a a fake because they were working on the uh, they were working on the zombie cat. How do you get a dead cat on a deadline? Well, I don't know. We you want a dead cat, dude? I get some schools used to um, two hours. Some schools used to uh, dissect them. You know, so cats. Oh yeah, I I was I don't think Jesseville. uh, I don't think we did a dead cat. I know we did a shark one time, but Amina, we just used a dead cat. Uh, that checks so. out. Cheaper than frogs. So yeah, here here's here's where I wanted to explain what they were doing with the adapted story. Originally, Gordon was gonna adapt Lovecraft's story for the stage, but eventually decided along with the other writer, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name again, to make it as a a half hour television pilot. The story was set around the turn of the century, and they soon realized that it would be too expensive to recreate. They updated it to the present day in Chicago with the intention of using actors from the Organic Theater Company. They were told that the half-hour format was not sellable, and so they made it into an hour, writing 13 episodes. Special effects technician Bob Greenberg, who had worked on John Carpenter's Dark Star, repeatedly told Gordon that the only market for horror was in feature films and introduced him to the producer, Brian Usna, who sold it as the... Evil Dead meets the Howling's production value. Great practical effects in this, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely over the top, but very effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Oh, the the film, sorry. The film loosely adapts the first half of H.P. Lovecraft's original short story, including Herbert and Dan, who is unnamed in the story, meeting in medical school, Dean Halsey's death (laughs) and reanimation, and the decapitation and reanimation of an authoritative figure, um... In The Doctors, Dr. Hill. In the film, Major Sir Eric Moreland Chaplin Lee. In the story, the next film, Bride of Reanimator, from 1990, loosely adapts the second half of Lovecraft's story, including the two doctors reanimating corpses on a battlefield in World War I, which is awesome. (laughs) That is in the book. West's experiments with reanimating individual body parts, and West going beyond just stealing cadavers and resorting to murder to get experiments from an insane asylum, and the decapitated villain's head being delivered to Wes in a box. And finally, Wes being dragged by his experiments into a series of cemetery catacombs through a wall in his basement. The third film in the series is named Beyond Reanimator from 2003, because it literally goes beyond Lovecraft's original story. Didn't know that. 
I've never seen. You got Bride. sequels. You got yeah. sequels if you like the original. Yeah, I've never seen Bride of Reanimator. I know Jeffrey Combs is in it. I know Beyond Reanimators stars Bruce Abbott, the guy who plays Dan. I've seen Bride. Have you? How? What is that one? What would you rate that? Out of five, it's fun. I don't think it has the the weird charm, or at least all of the weird charm that the original has. They like has. try to recreate that feel. Yeah. No. And, and again, I think they. You know, it's it's definitely there, but it just doesn't have the, I don't know, whatever strange magic trash art has when it steps above trash art. Right. And I don't think you can, like, set out to actually do that. I think it just happens. But that's the theory. I don't, I don't know. I think that you can't set out to be like, we're going to make the trashiest fucking thing and everyone's going to fucking love it. I don't think you set out to do that. I think people try to do that, and it ultimately fails. If I ever win the Powerball, my, that's going to be my production mm-hmm. company's motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to try. We're going to try and make the trashiest the, the shit. best trashiest piece. And people are going to fucking love it. Of strangely magical art. It is possible today, and we are going to burn money doing it. Mm. I mean, you're basically talking like half the executives in the 80s. I know. That bringing, time is bringing gone. it back, baby. That time is bringing gone. it back. It's almost forty years ago, Jonathan. It's forty years ago. It's all it's all cyclical. It's all <laughs> cyclical. Cyclical. It's coming back. Beanie babies are going back up in value. People are tired of crypto. Hey, before you know it, the Episcopal novel will be back. Well, then, in but, fashion. Yeah, but then people would have to remember what letters are. Yeah, and nobody does that. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I love this movie. I give it four out of five. Well, you recently watched it with a big group. Yeah, it was fun. Was anyone just completely horrified or disgusted? Oh, absolutely. The that part where the guy's decapitated head. So a corpse uses his own decapitated head to attempt to undress and go down on a, a younger lady, a coed, a coed. Yeah, and uh, it's it's unsettling. It really is. Like the 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 head is so joyous. You know, and again, that is such an interesting word. That actor (laughs) was divorced for that. So just, you know, be careful. It's made slightly more awkward that the severed head is delivered to the scene by the co-ed zombified father. Yeah, yeah. Who will, who takes orders from the severed head because before the severed head was a severed head, it reanimate it. It lobotomized the dead father yeah. in such a way as to make the dead father zombie obedient to it. Yeah, which so is it not gets, in it the gets book a little, at all. It gets a little Greek. Yeah, it's not in the book at all. It's a little... And by, by Greek, I mean like, you know, classic Oedip- Greek play Greek. Yeah, Oedipus com- yeah. yeah, complex bullshit. Riddles um, of the, the Sphinx and so forth. So what's so, so, so here's what's memorable about the fucking film. The color... The color palette of the film's awesome. The buddy comp aspect of it. Barbara Crampton's acting and her role in general. Of course, David Gale's role. The lead actor's role. And then the decapitated head going down on a, on a coat. <laughs> Those are, that's what's memorable about this film. But it is Also, the, the, level, the level of extreme gore. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of a movie that kind of... Well, I can. It's like Dead Alive. There's a lot of gore in this film. Yeah. 
but and it's not classy. You know, I would, you'd think I would hate it because it's not used. And in it's a also not. Manner. It can't be realistic because these are. But no, it just, no, it's, it's just so ex- funny. There's scenes where it's just exploding, and the zombies it's so are just funny. exploding for no reason. If you if you love Evil Dead Two and you somehow have not watched this film, you should. But because. There's certain there's certain movies that pull off this level of comedy and horror and schlock, and they're very there's very few of them. And I think Evil Dead Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two obviously does, and I think this one obviously knocks that feel out of the park. No, and this one, I can't think of any horror movie that's more fun to watch with a group of people. Right, I was gonna say that this one is a it's a shared experience when the gross out shit happens. Because this is, I mean, it's it, so much fun. You know, it sets the tone with that opening exploding head scene. Yeah, it does. right. Yeah, but then it, you know you get lulled a little bit mm-hmm. because it it doesn't it does it, go- you know it, it takes a little time and picks up some speed. You get some character, and then that last half an hour, know, you're just nuts. the the train is completely off the tracks and. Yeah. When did you realize, if you remember, first time you saw this, mm-hmm. first few times or whatever, when did you, at what point in the plot did you realize, oh, this is going completely off? I mean, this is, they're going to outer space here in a second. I th- like, I, we're not stopping. I think I could tell, I remember just being so, like, intrigued, yet, like, questionable feeling about Jeffrey Combs's acting. And I think that's when I knew and then the the score at the beginning as well. That's when I kind of knew, okay, this is going to be different and possibly fun. Not gut-wrenching. Yeah. You know, disturbing in a you're going to think about this film after you shut it off way. It's just yeah, it's real it's such a good October watch if you haven't watched if you need something to watch before Halloween or on Halloween, this is a great one to pick. And it's it is streaming on on certain things right now as well. So it's got everything. It's got it's got a, a great romantic relationship with Dan yeah. and Meg. Mm-hmm. It's got you know some father daughter drama. Yeah, it's got a awesome it's got lead a kinda, playing a crazy. Sci- mad science got a bit of a me too situation between the it older is. professor and his colleague's daughter mm-hmm. and then good. herbert's kind of a threat as well so in certain situations got he, your zany comedic duo with yeah. dan and herbert yeah the the buddy cop aspect Thelma and louise i love two guys digging up <laughs> a grave i don't know why <laughs> i love that shit but it's just it's really good it's a fun movie it's not very long again it's an hour and 27 minutes um, but yeah, this is a, a great October, and it, it ends on a very pet cemetery note. It does, yeah. They set up a sequel, of w- course. W- what do you think? Would you, if you're Dan, mm-hmm. are you giving her the injection? To, are you bringing her back? No, you can't do that, man. She just died, I know just like in Pet Cemetery. I know it's the better. Same thought, I right? Know. It just happened. I can reverse it. I know. It better. only gets. It only goes bad if you wait too long. That's like Stephen King's only like zombie thing. Is uh, Pet Cemetery? Yeah, like I'm trying. But they're to... not really zombies. Well, they they are in. I mean, they're every aspect. They're back of from it, the. But... D- they don't eat people. No, that's true. They're just and it doesn't spread. Yeah, no, that's true. The the spreading aspect of it's not there. To me, that's what makes the mm-hmm. like a classical zombie a zombie. Yeah, they they don't spread it's in reanimators either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It'd be really cool if like in re. <laughs> It'd be really cool if the zombies in this their blood became the green ooze. 
And if if you get the green news on you, you become a fucking. You can make it work course. like that. But I I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. That's that doesn't make any sense if you're pulling from the source material. But one thing that I always think when I watch this movie is I always get kind of sad that I've never had an opportunity in real life to snap a pencil mm-hmm. to such dramatic effect. Right. <laughs> like to make eye contact with somebody yeah. and just snap that pencil <laughs> with both hands. Oh, I wish the audience could see your face. Because that's how, that's how fine an actor yeah. Jeffrey Combs is. He's so good. The, he can make the snapping of a pencil mm-hmm. the ultimate like disrespect. He's like next level. When it comes to really diving headfirst into this role, like it's, you can tell he had a fucking blast. And that's, that makes you want to watch the performance, you know, more. When you realize this actor's having fun doing it, it's like, holy shit, like, it, it's just next level. It's really cool. He had no inhibitions about who would say what about his performance. Like it's it's really cool. It's a good it's a good again. I'm I keep saying this. And I do this at the end of all of our episodes, but it's just a really great film when it comes to something you think would wouldn't wouldn't work. Maybe wouldn't even feel like a horror movie. More of a comedy. It's perfect, dude. It's so it's man. It's good. It's not perfect because I give it four out of five, but it's it's damn near close. But wait, when was this made again? Eighty five. When? When, when was that? When you were 30. 80, 85? Yeah. 80, 19, your, 1980, 85? On your 30th 85? birthday, yeah. Hey, I like, I. you know, I think the most, I think the the perfect movie was made in 1980, and that's Empire Strikes Back. That movie is fucking perfect, and you've heard me, I'll fight you, you've heard me say it a million times, but that was from 1980. I'm not going to argue with that. And then my like next favorite film is Alien, and that's close to the 80s. And then it's The Thing, and that's the 80s. I think I've even had this spiel on here where, where I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I don't like a majority tried, of tried, the 80s. You tried but to cancel the 80s movies. I'm not canceling the 80s. Damn straight you're not. <laughs>